Welcome everyone to the Sonoma Spiel. My name is Tim. It's a lovely day in Sonoma Valley, and uh, it's always a lovely day in Sonoma Valley. But today, today everybody, I have a very special guest star. And I know, I know, I say that every time, but this time I mean it. This time, very special guest star, Laura Schermeister. Hi, everybody. Da-da-da-da. I'm Laura Schermeister. <laughs> That was good. That was a good job. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. Thanks for having me. And well, thanks for coming in. And uh, we're going to talk all sorts of stuff about Glenellen and wine and winemaking and secrets of a tiny winery or not. I am going to share one secret. Just one. Okay. We're, we're going to call it one secret of a tiny winery. <laughs> we're going to talk about what's happening in Sonoma Valley. And then you brought some wine in too. So we'll probably do some I wine tasting. And <clears throat> I brought a lot of wine in. Okay. What? And also we're going to talk about haunted Glen Ellen, you promised yes. that you there's a ghost or something we're going to talk about. There is a ghost, and I'm not the only one who believes this. Many people okay. have experienced there's, it. So. There's multiple instances of, of a ghost mm-hmm. that is in Glen Ellen. We're going to talk about that. Yeah. Well, let me go into that. This We're taping this right before Halloween. We're moving into November. Uh, great time in Sonoma Valley. Harvest is done. I think you guys are done with the harvest, right? We are done with harvest. Um, all of our wines have finished fermenting. Okay. So they're all going into barrel now, and everything's been pressed. We're very happy. Whew. Just God. in time for our grand reopening, November right. 3rd. Okay, so November 3rd. So your tasting room has been shut. Yes. And you guys, you and your husband run this winery, uh, and you decided we're just going to go backpacking or something crazy when <laughs> <laughs> you sold out a wine. Yeah, so uh, I should start by saying, so... Yeah. Uh, I introduce myself, Laura Schermeister. I own Schermeister Winery with okay. my husband, Rob, who is the winemaker. You know what's cool is like your last name is the same name as the winery. What are the odds of that happening? I know. Well, I told my husband. Okay. Yeah. So my maiden name is Erickson. Oh, okay. Which is already difficult enough for most telemarketers to get right when okay. they call. Okay. Right. And when Rob proposed to me, you know, everyone's like, oh, are you going to change your last name? And I said, yes. Um, but I'm going to go from Erickson to Schermeister, which right. is like a really big jump yeah. from difficult to more difficult. Yeah, yeah. And I just said, you know what, babe? I love you so much, but the only reason why I'm changing my last name from Erickson to Schermeister is because you own a winery. So I, oh. I want to be. <laughs> oh, so, he, be, so he had the winery. He had the label in existence. He did. Yeah, but it was yeah. like Rob himself with a dog and like all sad just because. He didn't have a dog. No, that was okay. all my doing. You brought the dog. Okay. I, I heavily in insisted slash gave an ultimatum oh, wow. uh, that a up. dog needed to be in our life. Oh, and it took him about a year to like our dog, but now he loves him. So. It's a crucial. Well, that, yeah. okay, let's go to that. You guys have a tasting room. We do. Where's uh, that located and how's the dog playing to that? Yeah. So our tasting room is our haunted tasting room. Haunted tasting room. Ooh. Yeah. Sorry, but well, that's good. That's good sound effects. I'm doing because it's Halloween. And you're saving me money on buying sound effects. Thank you. I will give, I have a lot more where that came <laughs> that from. <laughs> Uh, so our haunted tasting room, in a good way, uh-huh. is at Jack London Village in Glen Ellen. And Jack London Village is actually what most people don't know. It's Glen Ellen's oldest building. So oh. it's from the mid-1800s, and um, there's all kinds of really interesting history there. Mm-hmm. The cool thing about the building is that it's been a lot of things. It okay. started off as a mill, so okay. logging mill. Um, there's a creek mm-hmm. that's right behind it. And across the creek, you can actually see people hiking on the trail uh, in the Sonoma Valley Regional Park. Okay. But what a lot of people also don't know is that trail used to be a railroad. 
and they oh. would bring the trains in, and there used to be a bridge that spanned the creek, okay. and um, they would import and export wood from the mill Got it. Um, on those trains. And the mill is obviously run by the creek at the time. Water mm-hmm. power is probably exactly. the big thing. Exactly. And was the wood going down to San Francisco for building just different places? Or yeah, it was else? just okay. a major kind of export location. Okay. Before um, grapes? For Lumber. Mill. And then it was a winery at okay. one point. Oh. Um, there's some really cool old cement kind of cisterns in there that used to hold the wine, the vats oh, that are okay. kind of built into the building. The okay. building is really cool and there are all kinds of neat little doorways on the inside that go to all these really cool rooms. Wait, uh, connecting the different... Yes. Because what the... So essentially, just so people get the image, it's on the side of the creek yes. and then the road, Arnold Drive. And it looks like a giant barn. It looks like an enormous wood barn. Yeah. And there's different little... Um, it's been subdivided. Yes. With different... Like Songbird Parlor is there. Yes. Lauren is a cook and she has an event venue space there and you can do cocktails and things like that. Yeah. There's a restaurant there. Two restaurants. Two restaurants. The mill, the mill and Yeti. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the chocolate place, chocolate place. Wine Country Chocolates yeah. has been there a long time. Uh, Seven Oh Seven Candle Company. Oh right, Reese owns and operates that. Okay. And then Passaggio Wines just opened. They just moved there, right? Yeah, they're doing more of a wine bar thing. They have tasting flights, but they're also doing wines by the glass and bottle. And of course, we've been there now for four years this okay. December. Okay. And I love the village because it's totally a community mm-hmm. of artisans. Mm. It's all. All of these different shops are owned and operated by people who actually make the product that they're sharing. Right, right. They're creative. Like the chocolate. The, the chocolate, candles. The, yes. The, the chef wines. is right there. Yes. Right. And Cindy Cynthia. from Passaggio is C-Dog. a winemaker. And also Carol are running that. So women-led okay. and owned woman winemaker, which is yeah. really exciting. So Cindy is going to be in the tasting room okay. off okay. and on. And we're just really excited that the, the village feels so right. Right. It's been through a lot of transition. Mm. Our tasting room actually used to be a recording studio. Right, like for like what? Like for musicians. Banjo? For, for musicians. For bands. Like what kind bands. of what kind of band would play there? So uh, Norton Buffalo has recorded okay. there before. Okay. Okay. Janis Joplin is rumored, but really, maybe the she's the ghost that haunts you. No, it's it's not Janice. Janice. It's not. It's Janis Joplin. No, seriously. <laughs> There's not enough screaming reported. <laughs> so come on. Yeah, it's Janis Joplin. <laughs> Take another. So, okay. Who else? That's great. Metallica. Metallica. The original, one of the original members of Metallica. And when Rob and I were looking for tasting room space, Mm -hmm. we looked everywhere. Mm. We, and we're super tiny and we are not independently wealthy, which is what I kind of want to bring to our story today. (laughs) We are completely, totally different from... 99.9% 99.9% of wineries you and drove owners out there. your own Bentley here? Is that what you're telling me? I mean, <laughs> it's yeah. an entry-level BMW. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. And you got dropped off. You're like, I know you took the Sonoma shuttle bus here, I so actually, well done. I actually took an Uber X. Oh, good job. I mean, yeah, exactly. I've, I've upgraded. So. <laughs> uh, by the way, anyone listening, do not rely on an Uber in Sonoma Valley. They work no, on your way out, but, will, but you'll never come back. You will be waiting for one yeah. hour and 53 minutes. And you're learning, why don't you have any cell service? It's because exactly. you don't. You exactly. don't. Exactly. Okay, so you're not you're not a big winery, and you're not Tiny. like a like a you don't have a big castle. No. You don't have a faux chateau. 
No. You don't have a Spanish hacienda. Maybe one day. One day? Okay. That we actually are saving for a little place in my favorite wine region of Spain called Priorat, but that's for a whole nother day. Okay, not, right. We're not going to get into that. So you're a small winery. <laughs> how, when you say small winery, how much wine do you guys make? or What, what makes you a small winery? So we make a thousand cases of wine a year now. And mm. that was a huge goal for us for mm. a really long time. So I kind of want to backtrack sure. very quickly and kind of talk about how we started. Sure. When Rob, oh my God, when Rob was a wee thing, he, uh, we're both 40 now. We just okay. turned 40, oh, which good. is okay, really good. exciting. You guys, are young. That's, yeah, you guys are young. So we're actually now shooting for the top 50 over 50 Got list, it. Good. Which, I like so that. So we have 10 years to work on that. Okay, good. Um, but when Rob was 20, 21, he started getting really into wine, but he was studying biochemistry in college uh, okay. in University of Idaho. And he did end up getting into wine after okay. a really awesome experience in Europe and okay. tasting Rieslings and all these Italian wines and came back and added viticulture and enology to his So he was still in college? Degree. He was still in college, yeah. Okay. Just at the end of his college career. Okay. And I think he envisioned maybe either working in animal husbandry, mm -hmm. agriculture, I jokingly tell people like hybridizing the next potato <laughs> strain hey, or something. You laugh, but there's a lot of French fries sold I every know, year. I know, I know. And I think he just, he didn't really know that wine was a career. Okay. But he ended up going to a job fair and he saw Chateau St. Michel there. Mm -hmm. And he walked up to them and he's like, hey, I don't really have any wine experience yet. And they're like, oh, we're actually looking for someone with biochem mm. as a degree. And he said, well, I have that. Was, wait, was he about to learn what a cellar rat was? They're like, run these hoses into this pump <laughs> for 12 hours a day. Here's, here's a pressure washer. Exactly. Here's a pressure washer and a nest of yellow jackets. There you go. Go to town. Have fun. Right. Biochem. Right. Right. <laughs> so, so he got hired by Chateau Saint-Michel. He did. Up in, they're a Washington state-based yes. winery. Okay. Yes, but he, he got... I think it was right place at the right time too, mm. based on his experience. He actually was working for their higher tier brands okay. and he was doing viticulture and like vineyard management. Okay. Wow. So he was working in Walla Walla, Red Mountain, some okay. of the more kind of revered areas. Of course, Washington is growing all the time, right? but it definitely has its really niche high the end known spots. areas. Right, yeah. Right. And that's where he got his start and he oh, okay. loved it. Huh. He got E. coli poisoning once when he was working on a cattle farm, and I think after that he was ready for a career change. And no, like he almost died. Well, you don't lick the cow, you know that, right? He, That's a rule. Don't lick was, the cow. I'll, I'm just gonna put it all out there because it's you, Tim, and <laughs> I'm in a safe are. space, and I feel very comfortable around you. And I oh have, no, was I, he doing something involving the reproduction of cows? I have no filter. Okay. So to my husband, Rob, we Robert Wayne Schermeister, I we apologize. love you. So Rob was doing a preg check on a cow. Yep. Oh, yeah. Up to the elbow? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He did not think that was part of the description oh, either. So and basically, let's just say right. it was a golden brown <laughs> shower. Oh, my God. And the cow just oh, un unleashed That's the why you never you never open your mouth in a dairy in the spring. He, because I think they it just went like into shoot his everywhere. eyes oh, and up his nose. Oh, it, was an, it was everywhere. Oh. And I feel in that moment, I didn't know him then, but I can imagine his frozen right. state horror. of shock. shock and shock. horror. 
And maybe some tears started welling up a little bit. It was bit. at that moment Rob was and reconsidering his career choice. In that moment, Record I knew scratch. that I did not want to work in livestock. You're probably wondering how I got here. <laughs> oh, he was doing E. coli research and he learned a lot. Oh, gosh. Uh, so wow. he, he basically got himself to the hospital. Okay. He, he didn't, I think, Wise it, choice. some time had passed, but the doctor said if he would have waited till the next day, he most likely would have died. Jeez. He doesn't have any recollection of getting to the hospital um his parents had to come oh to my see god him. where was, was he living was this back in this idaho this was or? in moscow idaho oh yeah moscow idaho okay yeah most people don't know where that is <laughs> that's where a friend of mine went to college in washington at uh, eastern washington yeah. yeah that was the big town yeah. to go yeah. to he go did pizza. and he did his viticulture and enology after that incident um he took a summer and he mm. went to europe and that's when he discovered wine, and he thought, you know what? 100% better than getting crapped on by a cow. <laughs> Let's do that. 100%. 100%. So, okay, so fast forward, Rob. Fast Rob's forward. learning how to make wine. Yeah. Um, he works at Chateau St. Michel, or, or that company. Yeah. And you guys meet each other somehow. Did you guys meet at in the wine business? We kind of did. So, Rob, he did a year, a year or two years working for Chateau St. Michel, and mm. then he just decided straight away that he wanted to learn how to make the absolute best wine he possibly could. Right. So he wanted to work for the best small producers that okay. he could get in touch with. Okay. That led to uh, a year at Palmeyer mm-hmm. working with Aaron Green, alongside Aaron Green, as a, like an associate winemaker. Okay. And then after that, he went and to uh, Marco Bear. So okay. he got in touch with Marco Bear, interviewed for that position, and was Aubert's assistant winemaker for about three years. Okay, okay. And that is where, working with Aubert and Paul Meyer, he learned native fermentation. Mm. And that is Can you explain our, what that is? Yes, okay. I love talking. Don't let me talk about this too long, though, because... <laughs> well, we already covered tangent. cow poop, but so let's go into <laughs> So let's go, with the good, let's go with the good stuff now. Yeah, exactly. I wanted to say the S word, yeah, but no, I stopped no, myself. Yeah. All right, so native fermentation explain that yeah so native fermentation is how we make our wine mm-hmm. and you can't have wine without fermentation okay and native fermentation is also a process that sets us apart from nine out of ten winemakers okay it is really suited best to small production so mm-hmm. you're talking up to five thousand cases a year mm-hmm. it is extremely volatile it is unpredictable. Mm-hmm. It's sometimes it's really hard to tell if your fermentation is going to finish, mm. meaning the yeast will start eating the sugars in the grapes that you mm-hmm. harvest and mm-hmm. convert all of it to alcohol to end up with a totally dry wine. Okay. So you're talking super basics of winemaking. Nine times out of 10, a winemaker is going to harvest fruit from a vineyard. Okay, I got a bunch of grapes. Got a bunch of grapes. Right. You got your, you've got your overalls on. <laughs> you, got your, you got your overalls, <laughs> you got okay. your overalls on. And maybe like your vineyard hat. Uh-huh. Uh, and definitely your Chelsea boots. Right, yep. Because that's the wine industry. As you do, of course. Fleece jacket. And you bring your fruit into the winery and uh-huh. you either go straight to press. Okay, so you like squish it with a... Squish it. It's not Italian girls. We covered this before. It's an actual press it's machine. It's an actual press. It's kind of shaped like a barrel. And that's uh-huh. so for, let's say, Chardonnay. You want to press the juice off the skins mm-hmm. right away. And okay. there are many other ways to make wine. I'm just right. giving you an right. let's example. Go, let's go to like the basics, the WikiHow version. Yeah, we're okay. just keeping it simple. Okay. So you press the juice off of the skins. Juice comes down. It's into a container And now. then you want to start fermentation. And so what do you do? You, you say something 
some magical incantations and it ferments? Some wineries do that. That's biodynamic. <laughs> we'll talk about the We're bio- actually not going to talk right. about biodynamic. <laughs> That's a whole other ball of wine. If you want to talk about biodynamic wine right. making, you should definitely get in touch with Benziger. Wineries. Right. They'll, they'll do the incantations. All right, so I got my juice. Somehow I need to turn this grape juice into wine. Yes. What do I do? So nine times out of 10, a winemaker is going to inoculate that juice with a lab created yeast. Mm. And basically as a winemaker, you get a catalog mm-hmm. and the catalog has all different types of yeast in it. Mm. And you narrow down the yeast you want okay. by the varietal of wine you're making and really? some of the characteristics you're looking for. Some of the flavor profiles you want. Wait, so you don't just open a thing of Fleischmann's yeast and dump it on top of the juice? This is like, like that's what I know of as Red Star easy. yeast, Fleischmann's. I was like, if only. <laughs> so you have a special yeast yes. that normally, but inoculate, what is that? Is that inoculate just means mix it up just or something? Means, yes, like you, you kinda, dissolve the yeast. Oh okay. my God, I hope I'm not, I'm not a winemaker, first of right, all. Right, no, I know that. But so somehow you introduce <laughs> the yeast into the juice. Introduce the yeast. And the yeast is yes. supposed to like go, whoa, sugar. The yeast is like, oh my God, I'm so hungry. Hungry. Let's eat that. I'm hungry, and if I don't have enough sugar, I am going to die. And they eat the sugar. Basically, I mean every American ever. (laughs) With Halloween. With Halloween. So the yeast eats the sugar, and I'm understanding craps out alcohol. It does. It poops it right out, but thank God it's much cleaner than a cow pooping. (laughs) You can't get equal. Oh my God, Sonoma, I am so sorry. I love this. I I love this. I tell people Rob and I are as unfiltered as our wines. Oh, touche. (laughs) Touche. So this is the elementary canal of the yeast yeah. we're we're eating the sugars alcohol's coming out yeah but it sounds like when you say natural yeast do you guys natural have like yeast, chakras yeah. and essential oils and you're like more natural or do you just um, not do you not introduce yeast like it just happens no. it well it yeast is introduced in a few ways and okay. another thing i also want to talk about is full transparency okay in everything we do a philosophy that's really important to rob and myself in our business Mm -hmm. and loving what we do is being completely open and honest about winemaking and how we do it. There are Mm -hmm. a few secrets that we have that we don't share, but we're transparent about how the wines are made and also about how other people are doing it because Mm -hmm. we're doing what works for us. Mm -hmm. But other winemakers out there are always going to do something differently based on their education mm-hmm. and their experience, mm-hmm. their palate, their product, maybe their like product. They, the, the wine, the grapes they have. Exactly where their grapes are coming okay. from, how much they're making. Right. We have guests in our tasting room all the time that shyly kind of guiltily laugh and giggle and say, I'm so sorry, I drink grocery store wine on a normal basis. Mm -hmm. And I just want to hug them and say, you are not going to be judged here. Right. That that is fine. And those are those mass produced wines. And using these lab created yeasts, basically the huge benefit to those is Mm -hmm. it ensures that your fermentation will go and that it will finish in a timely manner. And it's constancy of product, right? Yes. This year's Chardonnay will taste like last year's Chardonnay. So let's say, let's say you owned a large winery that had a famous Sonoma County Chardonnay with two names that's hyphenated. And it's been the same product. <laughs> I know exactly which one It'll be the same about. product because that's what they want. They want consistency yeah. and, and they want to be right at the eye level in the store and not saying they pay for that honor. But, you know, it's right there. And so for that for that kind of winery. Your vagueness is not vague enough. <laughs> I'll just wait for that letter <laughs> from that lawyer. No, so so that's one example of, and, and that is for a lot of people, and that's yeah. it's good wine for what they want for the price point. But what I'm hearing from you, 
what I'm inferring is that your experience, it's slightly more volatile with the, the native yeast, which you're yeah. not introducing lab yeast. You're probably using right. yeast from the air or... Yeah, or, or. from two places, actually. Okay. Um, so I just wanted to clarify that... Like, we love everybody. Right. We love what everyone's doing. We love doing. them all equally. We love them all equally, which is also why I love Sonoma, mm -hmm. because there's this competitiveness in every industry. Mm -hmm. And wine, there's so much wine out there. Mm -hmm. And it's so overwhelming. And Rob and I chose Sonoma because there's room for everyone. And it's it's a community and not a competition. Mm -hmm. So that's something that we're also really um, really passionate about sharing mm -hmm. because it speaks to our overall philosophy about life. Right. So there's winemaking and then there's kind of how you walk into your life every day. Right. And then there's how you walk into your business. And these are all kind of different things. And uh, we just like to tell people that we respect all, all real. Anyway, that's my disclaimer. Okay, got it. So, but with native fermentation, now the question is, well, why? Right. Why would you do native fermentation mm -hmm. if it's so volatile? Mm -hmm. So we're doing a thousand cases a year. Rob actually started in 2012 with his first vintage at 120 cases. Okay. We've grown by about a hundred cases a year. So okay. super slow. We both had full-time jobs. Mm. We quit those. Rob quit his full-time winery job back in 2016. Okay. And I left mine in 2017. Got he it. was working at a winery full-time, okay. helping a bunch of other wineries right, make their right, wines. Right. And I was designing bicycles in Napa. Wait, designing bicycles? Yes. I've been wait, a designer my whole career. Wait, you were actually built, like, designing like on CAD and stuff like that? Or uh, designing, like, the... Graphics, paint really? effects, logos. Really? Um, if you go on to, say, like, Academy Sports and you're looking mm -hmm. for your first mountain bike, mm -hmm. chances are I designed one like of those the, bikes. Like the color scheme and stuff like yes, that. Yes, and all the graphics that go on the bike. Oh, I did. Cool. I did some frame concepting, but that's right. more product design. And it's kind of like engineering and stuff like that. And yeah, we had all of our own engineers. Yeah, and you're like a design. Stuff. Like what I've seen is visual. you're you're a visual designer. Yes. Right. Okay. Which I is how that. Rob okay. and I, yeah, that's how okay. Rob and I met. So, oh. uh, if you haven't heard our story before, I know a lot of people have, but I always love telling it again. <laughs> Give us the headline. <laughs> Let me tell you. Go. It used to take me an hour, and now I think it takes me about a minute Go. and a half. Go. So. Um, I actually, I was a designer my whole career. Okay. And my dream when I was little was to be an architect. Okay. And I ended up doing visual design, branding, logos. I was doing website design. I did architectural design. Okay. I For a year, I designed shipping container buildings, which was so hard. And Buildings made out of shipping containers? Buildings made out of shipping containers. Oh, that's um, cool. Live event activations where the container unfolds and you have these branded product I've seen experiences. Those. I've yeah. Just the Super Bowl was in San Francisco. Yes. They had some of those, yeah. Yeah, so I, it was really fun. It was super challenging. Mm. I did it for a year, and the, the projects got too big, mm -hmm. and they needed a real architect. Okay. Okay. So I left, <clears throat> and that's actually the job that I left to come out to Napa to learn mm -hmm. how to make wine. Uh, I've always okay. loved wine. It's right. always been in my family's kind of culture. It's always been on the table. Um, I've always been really curious about it. And I just said, you know, I'm really burned out from mm -hmm. design. I'm going to take a two-month break. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go do a harvest. I got a harvest job okay. in September 2013. Okay. And I said, <clears throat> after that, I'm going to do this harvest and then figure out the rest of my life after that. <laughs> Because I don't know what I'm doing. Okay. Okay, it's good. But the dream was actually to keep designing as a freelancer right. and have my own two-acre 
vineyard with a boutique winery. Two acres is pretty small. Two, it is very tiny. But for one person or two people, for one, that's fairly... I thought it was going to be just me. Okay, right. I, I just love wine so much, but I also love design. Wait, did you and walk into the tasting room with like some sketches under your arm and there was Rob? Is this what's going to happen? No, oh no, no. Rob, Rob came to me, which is, it was great. I, I was at a point in my life where... I'd been single for a long time. Okay, okay. Like eight years. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Dating here and there, but I was ready to meet someone. Right. Uh, but at a certain point, I kind of just decided, um, screw this, dating sucks. And right. I did the online thing, which didn't work for okay. me. Okay. And I gave up the idea, which okay. is, I think, when it happens. This is when just... every rom-com, by the way. <laughs> Literally. When, 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 the, when the heroine's like, forget it. I'm done with romance. Yeah, I'm, I'm fed. I, I'm, I'm going to go live I'm on a farm. be a spinster <laughs> exactly. for the rest of my life. <laughs> well, that was my plan. Right. I was looking at good. these farm You're wearing, like, long black dresses and Amumus. writing poetry. Amumus. Okay, good. Yeah, and a beret good. Um, good. and red shiny boots. Yes, good. You were you were leaning into it, as I say. Lots of scarves. Yes, good. Lots of lots scarves. Of Dramatic scarves. scarves. Um, okay. And really big sunglasses. Anyway, so, uh, but two months. <laughs> Go ahead. So two months at the winery kind of turned into uh, longer than that. Mm-hmm. It kind of kept extending week by week and then right. month by month. Right. I pet sat for people. Okay. I house sat. Um, and then people here started finding out that I was a graphic designer. Okay. And I started taking on little freelance projects mm. because I had a place to stay at the time. And I had my computer with me. Okay. And I had an internet connection. Right. And so I just designed. And I had some clients back on the East Coast in Charlotte that I had kind of kept with me. Okay. So I did some work for them from here, from California. And I guess it was about seven months in, and I was feeling pretty done. Mm-hmm. I was completely broke. I right. had no, oh man, I had no money. And Napa is a really horrible place to be when you don't have any money. It's not inexpensive place to live. No, and I think you imagine, oh, I'm going to go wine tasting, and I'm going to go on picnics, and I'm right. going to go to yeah. outdoor shows, yes. and yes. Th- I'm going to have cafe lights in my life yes. every single this day. This is and, basically the and, tourism brochure, yeah, correct. Yes. None of this is made up. And this edge, is all... Edge Sheeran is definitely in the background. All the time. Yeah. Um, he follows you around in place. I know. It's cool. weird. That that was this vision for my life that okay. I had. Okay. And But finally, I was kind of a week, couple weeks away from packing up and heading back mm. east. And I got one email from a guy who said, hey, I got your name through a mutual friend, mm. through wine. Uh, I need a website. And that was my husband. So He that was, needed a website. He needed a website. For and, his winery. Yes. And he had just, this was Was it called Shermeister Winery back then? It was actually called Shermeister Cellars. Okay. And from the beginning... When he hired me to design his website. <laughs> you, were you offering advice? I have a feeling. Hold yeah. on. I know you're a person that's really reluctant to offer advice. Oh, the most reluctant. <laughs> so you, how, how long can it I t- help you turn your business around? <laughs> how long did it take you to tell? You know, Rob, this is a dumb name. Let's put winery after it. Because oh, one, you don't have a seller. Two, it's not it plural. It's not. And three, we well, don't know what to do. He did have a seller. It was under his house that okay. he was renting a we room. We call that a crawl space in, in California. It was. Yeah. Um, he was renting a bedroom in mm. a little, we call it was like a, a flop house in Napa. Because <laughs> he was saving money. You know, That's smart. He, he is the small town boy from yeah. Idaho Falls, Idaho. Just a small town boy, boy from Idaho Falls. And I'm a 
big city girl. I was living in Charlotte in okay. the city and Charlotte, uh, Carolina, Charlotte. Yes, yeah, north, south, north, north. I always mix them up. Oh. One is banking and the other one's NASCAR, right? Okay, North one's Carolina, like Palmetto State, and one's like the other state. North Carolina, good drivers. Mountains. South Carolina, bad drivers. Oh, that's it. That's the decision. <laughs> okay, <laughs> very good. Thank you. So, I apologize to both Carolinas. I know. I'm sorry. It's, you have, All right, so you you're from North Carolina. Yes. Okay. And born in California. That's fine too. I don't care. It doesn't matter. It's very important. Where were to you know born? That. In Long Beach. Okay. I have one more tattoo removal session on my arm <laughs> I was left. Gonna ask you, Long Beach? You must have tons of tattoos. I had an For LBC those... tattoo on my right arm Shut for up. the longest time. Because you used to watch that Choppers show. That guy that was into motorcycles is from Long Beach. I can't no, remember. No, this uh, was like no. This is like Tupac era. Yeah. Sublime. Okay. For you. Look at you. For real. It's for real. I literally had an L. I have one session left. Leave it on there because it could be Luther Burbank I, Center and you could be totally into the arts I, in Santa Rosa. We have donated to the Luther Burbank <laughs> Center So that's before. all you need. That's all your LBC. It's all you need. I Long have Beach a is the Oakland of Southern California. <laughs> <laughs> we used to live in Oakland. And like people like Long Beach, like it's industrial. There's a port. It is, yes. People are very proud of being very from similar. there. Very similar. Yeah, so... Yeah. I like how you claim Long Beach over North Carolina. I didn't know you. that you lived in Oakland. That's where we lived before we moved so, up here. So that's yeah. where you got your street cred from. Uh, from from the five one zero. I that's, love it. Well, I grew up in the South Bay and I was in the East Bay and then yeah, but awesome. I lived other places. It's it's this isn't my podcast. We're talking about you. Anyway, we're talking about you. But it's my job as someone in hospitality <laughs> to ask you about you. Well, I'm already signing up for the which wine club. Sign me up. <laughs> which is literally why I can't go to the grocery store because right. I was in the freezer section once and this woman and I were commiserating about how many veggie burger options there were. There too, many. too many. Too many. And then an hour later my husband calls me and he goes, babe, where are you? I'm like, why are you coming And you're like, ever? the tyranny of choice, Rob. And I'm like, I'm talking to Janice. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll be home in five. Yeah, exactly. And I, what was I here for? All right, go back to, you got this winery. Let's talk, wait, let's talk about your tasting room. We need to get out of Tangent City. Yeah, and let's talk about some of the wine. You brought me some bottles here. I did. Do you want and, to open one? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to show some. Okay, first of all, this one says Sharemeister Pinot Noir, uh, Petaluma Gap, Rogers Creek. Yeah, so Vineyard. that's our 2018. I brought that one because I wanted to open that one because it's a oh. little bit older. Okay. That's also one of our sold out wines. So I brought that from our personal collection Seriously. to share with you. From the crawl space. I did. We have a room with racks now. <laughs> now you've got, this is, by the way, did you design the label? I did. The S with a W. I'm going to yes. hold my video there. It's yes. really nice. Thank you. Um, and so it's a Pinot Noir from Petaluma Gap. From people that don't know, that is not a clothing store in Southern Sonoma <laughs> County. Petaluma the Gap is our one of our newest uh, American viticultural areas where the wind comes in off the ocean mm -hmm. and whips around Petaluma and comes kind of back up towards the valley. So And it's lovely and it keeps the grapes nice and cool and dry and happy. It is a perfect AVA for Pinot Noir. Petaluma Gap. Because Petaluma if, you, if you are there in the summer, it's amazing. It can be very hot in Santa Rosa uh, north. Yes. And then you come over that like Katati grade and go down and you can literally see the, the fog coming into the gap. The so. shift is incredible and it's so beautiful. Right. And to see the fog rolling over Sonoma right. Mountain it's in beautiful. the evening is really amazing. And there's dairies there. So if your husband wants to go back to cattle, <laughs> you can just keep okay. your mouth shut, Rob. We <laughs> stick to milkshakes and cheese tasting. <laughs> We stay out of production. Right, stay away from that. Yes, we're, we're, we're he's out of that world now. Tell me what other, uh, as you say, yeah. varietals do you make and that you brought. So what do, what do we got here? So right now, um, and I 
have to note, too, a very exciting kind of turn of events for us, which we never saw coming this soon, at least. We are now a seasonal winery. So we sell out every three to six months now. Mm -hmm. We make we're up to a thousand cases of wine now. So we're about to open November 3rd. It's Mm -hmm. kind of our I'm going to call it our subtle reopening because November we're heading into a slow time. Right. Um, But we have tastings available. We're about 60 percent allocated to all of our members and 40 percent. That's what we have left to share with new guests, people who want to join our wine club. We have openings. We have a wait list for membership while we're closed. And what that means is if people definitely want to guarantee that they get our wine, they can join the membership wait list. They don't have to. Mm -hmm. When we reopen, you can come and do a wine tasting. Mm -hmm. You can join then if you want, or you can just take some bottles home if you want. Can you 100%? If I'm like, I want to join, I don't want to wait for you to reopen. Mm -hmm. Can I just join the wine club in the off season? Or do I have to You can. That's the wait list. It's a wait list. You have to When we're when we're in our off season, um, I'll talk about more about okay, that ahead, in yeah, a little bit. We'll, we'll talk about the wines I brought. So Rob started pretty much just with Pinot Noir okay. and he made a Syrah on the side, uh, but he didn't really see Syrahs being a huge part of our mm. portfolio. Now it's one of our kind of... It's funny because Syrah's coming back. Syrah is coming back. Oh my, and we're so yeah. excited yeah. about that. And we co-ferment our Syrah with Viognier. So that is a Northern Rhone technique. Okay. A lot of wineries don't do that. Um, see, this is the part of wine that I love. I love the educational part. So I should say, you've got like eight bottles. Wait, one, I two, brought, three, four, five, six, seven bottles here. And I really, I five, wanted. Six bottles that, with different shapes and, and, and hues. Yes. Because this is a podcast. I've explained what you got here. I do have to explain the visual. The the visual medium. Because you're listening. So (laughs) So what's the bottle closest to you that's kind of pinkish looking? (laughs) That's that's the pink wine. Okay. (laughs) So that is our 2021 Oakville Napa Valley Rosé field blend. Okay. And this one is a field blend of Cabernet Sauvignon and Merlot, actually. Interesting. So it's not very common for a rosé to be made of cab. It's not. And it's not common for it to be made of cab or any fruit from Oakville, Napa Valley. It just tends to be a a high-value AVA. Yes. Can you explain what a field blend is real quick? field blend means it's a blend of different varietals. Mm -hmm. So typically, our field blend is going to be... Cabernet Sauvignon, Cab Franc, and Merlot. Okay. Sometimes we just do Cab Sauv, Cab Franc. Okay. Those are the main blends that we do in our rosé now. Got it. Okay. And that's from the Oakville Station Vineyard in Napa Valley, right next to Tokalon, world's famous Napa Valley region. For world famous Tokalon. It is world when famous. When Madavi said, this is the <laughs> world's best winery. I know. Because <laughs> God, God, God touched down. it with God's the, finger. The clouds parted in the sun rays. <laughs> I have blessed you. Every time you go over, that's how it is. And like, yeah. Okay, so that's from nearby. The light does do that over there. Actually, you have a rosé. We have a rosé, and I'm actually going to reorder these. Okay, okay. Uh, And the rosé, we do about 75 cases of that. That one Mm -hmm. is we we offer that to members first because we have so little. Okay. All of our wines are also unfiltered. Mm-hmm. We had I let one member pre-purchase this rosé and then after that I'm like I can't manage that mm-hmm. because by the time we open it will all be gone. Okay. Okay. Um, but basically we didn't make any rosé in 2020 because okay. of the fires. Mm. So um, that's ultra limited right now. But I have the rosé. Okay, so now you got another bottle, which is, what do you have up here? A Chardonnay. Yes. Right? Okay. So I'm holding up our 2020 Chardonnay. Mhm. Also important to note, none of our wines have smoke taint. Okay. 2020 was literally the year from hell. 
Everything was on fire. We lost half of our production that year. It was uh, crazy almost times. half. Yes, we we Kincaid. We were yeah. contracted with our growers to do 1,100 cases. We mm-hmm. ended up with 600. So anyone who comes in to taste our wines, mm-hmm. rest assured, there's no smoke tank. No smoke tank. Good. In anything. Okay. And we have lab results and we did sensory testing. Um, All of the above. It's I really see. important to note that. Right. So Chardonnay. Mm-hmm. Well, because a lot of people don't. I mean, some of the wine that was smoked tainted moved into vinegar, and they, they, you can take wine yeah. and make it into another product if it's not good enough for drinking. Right. right? We just broke our contracts or, with the with that, and the mm-hmm. growers have crop insurance. Okay. It's right. uh, basically act of God yeah. situation. Yeah. <clears throat> right. I, I mean, we feel worse for the growers, honestly, yeah. who without them are amazing. And actually, growers don't <clears throat> get enough play as well. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna get some growers on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. The problem is it's been harvest season and they won't they won't talk to me. I have some incredible so growers that I can refer you to yeah, that good. might want. They'll come out of the fields now. <laughs> They're like ready to come out. Uh, what else you got here? What's the darker one? Still same kind of. So for those that um, are for those that can't see anything because we're on a podcast, but if you're watching on YouTube, what you can do the the sloping shouldered bottles. <laughs> which I think are called uh, those are burgundy bottles. Burgundy bottles yes. are typically what you see Pinot Noir and Chardonnay in typically. Yes. And then the ones with the more angular shoulders are That's called Bordeaux, Bordeaux bottle and typically you see Cabernet in those mm-hmm. um, and Merlot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want any white wines. Oh, uh, Sauvignon Blanc and stuff will go in there, mm-hmm. too, usually. And, I, and some of that's like tradition. Yeah. And some of it might just be what bottles you have available. There's other types. But typically in on our wine country, yeah. Bordeaux and Burgundy bottles. Yeah. Okay. People are starting to change that. We did a rosé in a Bordeaux bottle once, mm-hmm. but it was a rosé of Cabernet Sauvignon. So that's why so I there you go. That. So um, I think people now are playing around with it a right. little bit more. Uh, there are some other wineries that are doing really interesting bottle shapes with their rosé. Okay. We're pretty classic when it comes to that. I would say that's the one thing that we're really old school about. Well, it also makes things easier for your bottling line and for yeah. your shipping and for ordering boxes. It does. You don't realize that there's a cascading effect throughout your entire production. And right? the bottles are easier to hold, honestly. They are. So, and that's, okay, so, so go, so, okay, anyway, you got, which one's this one right here that's a little darker? So, we have our 2020 Pinot Noir, okay. and this is from, this is actually not a Sonoma Valley wine. Okay. Because 20 Get it out of here. I know. You know what? I'll leave. Just... No. So so it's from, so you bought grapes or juice from someplace else. Where'd you guys get these we, from? We went down to Fiddlesticks Vineyard. Okay. And we've worked, we've worked with Fiddlesticks Vineyard before. That's in Santa Rita Hills. Okay. So Santa okay. Barbara County. Got it. Uh, my husband actually flew up to Oregon to look for fruit when we were having a mm-hmm. lot of the fire problems mm-hmm. down here. The day before his flight, the fires up in Oregon and Washington started. So what I'm getting is that Rob is the cause. <laughs> Rob. He That's ha- what I'm seeing. He I'm not I'm not gonna get into that. Correlation and causation. I'm not gonna get into that. Yeah. He definitely was like FML yeah, that year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was very frustrating. And every winemaker that year was just like that was really bad. that was a bad year. <clears throat> a very bad I year. I mean it was also COVID. Just I want to what? what? 2020. Oh, what a bad I've year. I have completely blocked that out <laughs> of bad year. Mind. All right. So that's that's from Santa Rita Hills. It's this a Pinot Noir. Yes. Okay. So, yeah. Rob Rob went up to Oregon, did his due diligence, but ended up using our contacts to get this uh, Fiddlesticks Wait, wait. That one is a different name on the label. 
So this is our scavenger Syrah, and this is actually a 2017. Is that like a turkey vulture on the label? This is a turkey vulture. Wait, hold it up to this camera right here. So that's what people say. Tur- that is, turkey vulture is, um, you know, turkey vulture's got a face that only the mother turkey vulture could love. But they're they're very large birds that you see here in Northern California. They're majestic. They are huge. They're huge. They're fascinating. Yeah. They're also Rob's favorite bird. Okay. So I got Rob into birding because we're both big dorks and uh-huh. very proud of it. <laughs> And I'm going to tell another story really quick. Okay. Rob comes home one day. This is when we lived on Mount Veter okay. in Napa. We live in Sonoma now. Mm-hmm. But Rob comes home one day. Keep in mind, he's a scientist. Right. Okay. okay. Right. And he's also a very curious person. He's also kind of a walking Wikipedia. And I'm sorry to everyone. <laughs> Right, right. But he has a wealth of information. He's very curious. He loves science. He has mm-hmm. a very kind of scientific mindset with right. everything. Right. He comes home one day and he runs in the house and he's like, babe, you got to come outside. You got to see what I brought home. Okay. And I'm going, is that a puppy? (laughs) Did you find a kitten? We find it. Yeah. Something cute. I'll take a bunny rabbit. I will. Bunnies are cute. I will rescue a squirrel. squirrel. Squirrels are good. Oh, the mouse thing. That's right. The mouse. Yeah. Uh, But keep going. So so keep going. Right. Um, And I run outside. I'm so excited. It was an animal. Okay. It was not living. Oh. And I walk out to the back of his truck, uh-huh. and there is a dead turkey vulture. Wait a minute. That he brought home. He br- Love he is bringing your spouse home. a dead turkey vulture? Did he hit it with his car? No. He found it on the side of the road. <laughs> Rob. Rob, you're the last romantic. Sorry. <laughs> he he I found mean, a dead turkey vulture, threw it in the back of his pickup truck. Yeah. Tell me you guys stuffed this and it's currently like somewhere. I just had a, oh, I have, what is love? Bring me a turkey. Bring me a turkey vulture. Okay, so. Which I now also, so I think technically what he did was illegal. I don't think that you're legally allowed to collect. No, you can you carry can. on uh, now uh, you can collect if if I think if you, if it's fresh it, and, you, and it's a deer or something like that you can eat it you there's can a new law it. there's a law I don't know if the law was in effect then but I told him to get rid of it and he it took him about a week but actually well I think picking up a dead turkey vulture which is not a protected species I believe there seem to be plenty of them yeah um, but it's it's like in the interest of science yeah it, and we're very into science and I worked with the Audubon Society and Audubon so, killed birds and then he painted them he, no he didn't I don't think he killed I them think he I shot think he shot them just painted them I think he shot them with a musket I that's think why he all shot of them, them have with huge a holes. camera <laughs> I don't know. I but gotta, that would be blurry birds. I got a anyway. D in history and right. photography in college. <laughs> matter. So you have a wine called Scavenger. It okay. has a turkey vulture so, on it. And it doesn't taste like a dead turkey vulture. It does not. What so, kind of wine is uh, it? Is it red so wine? Scavenger is our Syrah wine. And this okay. is also our philanthropy wine. Okay. Um, and there is a quick little story. I promise you a quick little story right. about this. When I first met Rob, he was really focused on Pinot Noir. Mm-hmm. It's his first love. It's finicky as hell, which right, is why right. I think they're very much made for each other, varietal to winemaker. <laughs> and um, and he also had scavenged some fruit off of a friend in 2013. Oh. And he's telling me about the Syrah. He didn't have a label for it. Mm-hmm. After I designed and finished the, wine, we, the website for him, 
uh, we decided to keep working together. Okay. We really liked each other a mm-hmm. lot. We mm-hmm. kind of became friends through the process. Mm-hmm. And then we started dating. Nice. And uh, he's like, okay, I made this Syrah in 2013, which would be last year because mm-hmm. this was 2014. And he goes, I don't really know what to do with it. I really want to focus on my Schurmeister name being on the Pinot and having that be my really, you know, my native fermented, unfiltered, unfined, you know, mm-hmm. all of that, the kind of higher end Pinot Noir from the vineyards he was working mm-hmm. with. And he's like, I'm not really even a Rhone guy. I'm mm-hmm. more of a Burgundian kind of guy when it comes to the wines I like to make. I don't know what to do. And he said, I scavenged the fruit off of a friend who had too much fruit for his Syrah harvest. And I couldn't turn it down because right, a winemaker this. cannot turn down an opportunity. Right. to. And he wants to make everything. Okay. And I said, oh, babe. This is your chance. And I was like, oh, because I like to take over and right. do, and I like to do everything. <laughs> right. And I love branding and design and creative ideas and storytelling. These are all things that really excite me. Right. And I said, let's come up with a whole new side label and we'll call it scavenger. Okay. And we'll put a scavenger animal on the label. Right. And whenever you decide to make it again, we'll just put a different scavenger animal. It'll okay. be kind of like rotating yeah, I like cast. This. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because another thing we're very um, ethical about is being transparent about how we price our wine. Okay. We don't have to get into that now, but I said, you know, since you pretty much didn't pay, we were trying to figure out how to price it. Because <laughs> he scavenged it. He didn't really he pay found for the it, fruit. He found the Syrah he, dead on the side of the road. <laughs> <laughs> so he did pay right. for the fruit, but okay. it was such a tiny amount. Right, right. I okay. mean, this okay. guy was just right. offloading his, right. his right. extra. So I said, okay, ethically, I don't think we should charge full price okay. for this wine because you didn't pay full price for the fruit and... Mm-hmm. Why don't we take this opportunity to, so we'll charge normal price, okay. but we'll donate 20% of profits mm-hmm. to a rescue or a wildlife cool. foundation okay. or something it's, like that. And that's what you do with this And one. that's what we do. And we've done it from Wait, day one. Do you have more than one scavenger label or is this the first and we only We do right have now? one. We ha- the original was actually a California condor. Okay. We've had a turkey vulture. We've had a raven. Mm-hmm. We have uh, we did Eli, our dog. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we have our wine dog, Eli. Because he's a scavenger? He ate three pounds of brisket off of a table at a dinner party once. dogs are the worst. He was not allowed back to their house. Dogs? Oh, wait, wait. It wasn't your house? No, it was our friend's uh, house. You brought party. your dog. They said he could come. And he ate the brisket? He ate... No, brisket takes like 24 hours to make. You have to overnight Our it. Yeah. friend worked all night. He stayed up all night smoking this brisket. It was his first brisket he'd ever done. Oh, dear. And it was And the your best. dog ate the whole thing? He didn't eat the whole thing. Three we pounds went in. We went in, got our brisket. We're right. all in the living room, having fun, having wine, food, right. friendship. Everything was perfect. <laughs> and then our friend was talking about how excited he was about the leftover brisket and how he was going to make brisket sandwiches mm, the next day. Yeah. And then he goes into the kitchen and is there like a scream, looks around. Like a strangling scream of anger. He go well. No, he goes. Oh, thanks to whoever put the brisket away. Uh, thank you. That was really thoughtful. In your dog's <laughs> tummy. Eli was the one who put it away. He was pretty mad. Eli's We're coming. still friends. We're hide still friends. Brisket. Yeah, okay. hide your brisket. Hide your brisket. So Eli was on the label one year. We did a coyote, which okay. is the one that we're going to be finishing out when we reopen. In uh, So you have a scavenger currently on your 
Yes. That's the coyote one. The coyote one, that one's almost sold out. Got it. Okay. We closed off buying the scavenger when we closed in May mm-hmm. because we have to save enough wine to bring us right, into the right, next the opening. Season. Okay. Those are all member priority right now. Okay. We'll have a little bit left and then that will be completely gone, sold out. Got it. And we also don't set aside library wines right now too. We just sell everything goes. Okay. And then uh, we have a mouse on the label after that because I rescued a mouse last year. Yes. And then after that, I'm thinking, I'm working on that label now. I'm thinking maybe a bear Okay. Or we might go back to Eli. Uh, Rob loves the raccoon mock-up I did. It's very cute. Okay, raccoon be good. Um, So, yeah. And we still donate. We've worked with uh, International Bird Rescue and Dogwood Animal Rescue. Oh, Dogwood. Oh, great. That's who we got Eli from. We fostered dogs through Dogwood. Oh. Because my wife wants to keep them all the time. Can you give all Rob, the time? Can you give Rob a five star review uh, of your fostering experience? Because he won't let me keep one, but I want to foster. No, because we fostered three cats, and guess what? Now I own three cats. Are you serious? You failed all of them. <laughs> I have a cat. I have cats. I have like a bearded dragon. I've got a frog. I've got fi- not me. My my household does. I own no animals. That's no. They're uh, definitely not yours. Let's, let's do that. I'll tell you, I want I want to get to some of our events here, and then you got to help me near the end here to answer some questions. Yes. So. Um, I want to talk about some events. Can we talk about that real quick? And you have a packet? Okay. One is events coming up. It's for you. Oh, thank you so much. Um, up at Sugarloaf Ridge State Park. It's birding. I don't know if you see this. And, but it's, this is kind of cool. It's called Limited Mobility Dusk Birding for people who use mobility devices like wheelchairs and walkers and stuff. Um, and so up at Sugarloaf, they do this um, for on a, a certain path uh, for wheelchair accessible excursions. Um, and you, if for people who are new to bird watching and bring binoculars and tickets are $10. Now, Sugarloaf Ridge is up there in Kenwood, which is yeah. north of Glen Ellen. You guys, mm-hmm. you guys are big backpackers and hikers and yes, stuff like that. So, and you're birders. So I thought, yes, I love that. Um, so, what I would recommend for any beginning birder, uh-huh. there's only well, there are two rules. Mm-hmm. The first one is very easy: don't wear white. Oh, why? Because it's too bright and it kind oh, of scares the you? bird. Yeah, oh, okay. white is not great to wear while you're okay, birding. Okay, good. Didn't know that. Okay. Um, if you wear something like a red hat, you might get a little hummingbird come and visit you. Oh, that's cool. Um, okay. But I would recommend for birding mm-hmm. to immerse yourself in the experience and blend in. Wear kind of camouflage neutral khakis. That's why and they all wear khakis and floppy hats. And, and the silly they, dorky they hats. They all look the I same. Know. I know. But, it, but it's probably smart. But that's probably what practical. you want. Okay. And the second one, which has always been really hard for me, is to be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Touche. Uh, very important, though. And that is when that will give you the best bird watching experience okay. if you okay. blend in and don't make a lot of noise, and okay. you'll have a really great time. Also, Good. do not use apps to call the bird you're looking for. Wait, people use apps to call the bird? That's like a birding ethics thing. Wait, that's like, isn't that putting out like a salt lick to get deer? Che- it is. So it's you cheating. like, caca, caca. Yeah, and, and it, it kind of, depending on the noise you're playing, it riles up the birds if you want to be the most earth conscious bird conscious birder if you want to be the best birder you can be the best birder ever yeah okay thank you and other than that go out and have fun didn't even know that all right let's go what's up at Sugarloaf State Park awesome and people can find that there also in Glen Ellen which is where you guys are there's a up at the Sonoma Botanical Garden they have a new uh, exhibit called From East to Zest and it's all about in this winter uh, it's an exhibit of citrus 
mm-hmm. which is originally from China and India, but the Sonoma Botanical Garden is going to have this really neat exhibit about all the different types of citruses, like the Buddha hand thingy, whatever it's called. Oh, yeah. Uh, the yuzu, uh, the, the lime, the lemon, and stuff like that. Some restaurants are putting citrus on their menu or mm-hmm. accenting their citrus dishes. That's mm-hmm. This runs from November through March at the Botanical Garden. Have you been there? The old, it's it's well called Quarry Hill. Okay. I have. And if you hike to the very top, mm-hmm. there's a really beautiful lookout spot with some prayer flags up there. Yeah. And it's just a beautiful place to kind of enjoy your life. Just kind of chill there. Just be. And if people can't hike, I know they also offer a golf cart for people also mm-hmm. with mobility issues. So it's, yeah. it's kind of cool. It's accessible and a neat spot. Yeah, we love them. Jack London State Park. You've been there. All the time. To your backyard. It is. They're doing a fall color photo walk mid-November, November November 12th. You can go up there and learn about fall color. In California, as you mentioned, uh, our fall comes a little later. Usually November, December is our color season. The vines start changing pretty soon. They're starting to see a little bit of golden. Isn't it pretty? It never gets old. It's amazing. So beautiful. It's like a quilt. Which I know you're into. Ha <laughs> I have an insider on that. Again, uh, another, <laughs> podcast another podcast for another Qu- time. Quilting with the Shermeisters. <laughs> if you would like to fall asleep, join us for, <laughs> for quilting having trouble sleeping, um, insomnia. <laughs> and then November 19th, we have the lighting of the Sonoma Plaza. And this is in Sonoma proper. Uh, it's on Saturday, November 19th, and it kind of kicks off the whole season. So just as you guys are opening, which is typically the off season here, November through April. Yes. Uh, but this kicks off our holiday season, the first Saturday before Thanksgiving, Saturday, November 19th, lighting of the Sonoma Plaza. So and that is that. awesome. It's so beautiful. It's magical. It's fun. They were, yeah. they were putting the lights up right. uh, this week. So. Yay! Okay, are you ready for We Get Questions? I'm ready. Okay, you got to answer questions that we get at the Visitor Center. And then this is kind of like how we wrap things up. So you ready? This is the third time I will be apologizing (laughs) to Sonoma. We Get Questions. Ready? Ready. This one was just this morning. Are there any old, spooky, deserted houses in Sonoma Valley? (laughs) Because <laughs> people are thinking of uh, Halloween, I think. So if they old, are spooky, deserted houses, spooky, deserted houses, I mean, or places. Okay, any spooky, deserted house in Sonoma is already on the market. If it's hit MLS, don't even try to put in an offer <laughs> right. because it's already sold. It's already sold. And uh, the ghosts just come with it. You're going to have That's to deal with that yourself. That's part of the deal. That's, yeah. Whole Foods sells sage bundles. So if you want to go in and smudge. It literally when you does. Buy your haunted Why house. do they sell sage bundles? That's like the most Northern California thing I ever. Know. I know. Whole Foods I sells sage bundles. When we bought our house in 2020, I went you, and I saged, saged it. it. It was great. So I do know for a fact that <laughs> right. Jack London Village is haunted. Dun, so if dun, you're. Dun. Okay. <laughs> Jack London Village, just to the just uh, south of, the, of the, the village of Glen Ellen, is haunted. Yes. The old mill is haunted. The old mill is haunted, okay. and I personally do not know who the ghost is. I think it's Metallica. It's James Hetfield, and he's in there playing he's his not guitar. Dead yet. That's what he wants you to think. <laughs> Yeah. Who's doing his Botox? Because uh, exactly. I want to know. <laughs> True. I saw that you have a ghost at the Jack London. We do. Village. And it's rumored to be a guy named Charlie who used to operate a business there. Okay. Charlie the ghost. Charlie the ghost. And I have a sensor light in my office. I don't know what that is. 
so a sensor light is when you walk in the room, it turns on. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I thought this was like a, okay. And our, and our back office in the tasting room used to be like the recording booth part of the recording studio. Uh And then it's also kind of bordered with the back room at Creekside Healing Village, which is also at Jack London Village. Okay. And every time, like nine times out of 10, when I come into the tasting room and I go into my office, the light is on. The light is always on and I haven't been there and it only activates when it senses movement. And I can also confirm that we don't have mice. It's not mice. There's no bugs in there. There's no loose ferret. Do you think it's Charlie? I think it's Charlie. And the mill, the restaurant, has had some really weird, freaky... Really? Extraterrestrial... I thought aliens. Extraterrestrial aliens. No, that's aliens. Not extracurricular. Paranormal. Paranormal. So they've had something going on Actually, that's funny because Glen, uh, people in Glen Ellen hate this, but they're sometimes oh, called Glen Aliens. The Glen Aliens. No, that's on the sign. Slow Do down they... for traffic. Slow down as an alien. I don't know how widely I love loved the Glen, Glen Aliens. Alien. Uh, I can't. I'm going to talk to the next Glen Ellen. Okay, I so can't I, promote So that. your answer is the Jack London Village can be old and spooky. Yeah. And also around the corner, the Sonoma Development Center is an old spooky building. That's, that's kind of, yeah. you know. I would imagine that there's some interesting kind of yeah. energy going yeah. on there but to be honest in our building nothing negative has ever happened and i we're doing great and all of the new businesses that have come in have had one version of kind of their own experience Mm. with some weird energy and lights flickering and things like that all of our wiring has been updated too so it's not (laughs) i love that you're like methodically going through everything it's not mice it's not it's not the wiring it's not ferrets it's not ferrets because that's the first thing i think of ferrets I mean, they're around. Okay, otters from the crew. Okay, yeah, because ferrets, yeah, because like poltergeist, like, oh, it's just a ferret. Okay, so here's another one. Another question. Okay. This is one we had today. <laughs> I'm looking for my wife. <laughs> Where do you think she is? That's a question we get. Where If you're, if you're in the Sonoma Visitor Center, <laughs> and someone says, literally, they come in, I'm looking for my wife. She's in Wildflower. Oh. For sure. Okay, she's shopping. The boutique. Yeah, boutique shops. Nice one. Um, I just went there and I picked okay. up a couple shirts and a pair okay. of earrings. Okay. And I would say, I do lie. That's my guilty pleasure. So check Wildflower. Wildflower. She's definitely in there. And okay. she has taken all of your credit cards. Okay. And she's having, and she's having fun there. She's, she's also, she's probably made a stop at Sweet Scoops Ice Cream. Oh, good ice cream. Yeah. yeah. So okay. love them. And then, you know what? Also, okay. Sign of the Bear for oh, yeah. sure. That's a great, uh, for like, it's like a uh, kitchen store, but it has yes. everything you didn't know you needed. Yes. <laughs> like, of course I need a melon box. And I am, of course I do. And I'm going to yeah. be an at-home cheesemaker. You are? No, the wife is. That's oh, her. the one. Uh, this she's an at-home cheesemaker. The wife is saying gotcha. she goes into sign of the yeah, bear. Yeah, she's like I'm going to And she goes over to the book section. She's just browsing. Yeah, just there. No, 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 I don't, no. I don't need any help. I'm just browsing. No, I'm good. Okay. I'm just checking right, it out. And right. then she sees the book, or she sees the pasta granny's book. <laughs> And she's like, you know what? I've always wanted to learn how to make homemade pasta. Yeah. And now is my time. This is it. This was a sign. Yeah, a of sign. Of the bear. Right so, here. Sign. Okay, good. So look at look at Wildflower, Sweet Scoops, or Sign of the Bear. Totally. Okay. So if Rob asked me, I'm looking for my wife. I'm like, Rob, I know three spots to look. Rob does actually know to look for he me knows, in Sign of the Bear. He actually does know. Yeah. All right, here's a question we get. Final one. 
why do I have to pay for wine tasting? Some oh, people ask us oh, that. Tim. And they're like, Laura, I was here 35 years ago and I had some blue nun for free. And then, so my question, <laughs> look at you. Why do they have to pay for wine? I have an answer. Why didn't we open a bottle of wine earlier? <laughs> All I have is this. Oh, no, no. All I have is this non-alcoholic here's, here's, glass of water. Here's what I water. tell people. Here's what I tell people. <laughs> if you, uh, you, you know, why do you pay for wine tastes? Because nowadays you're sitting down and you're talking mm-hmm. to somebody. I do want to answer this question. Oh, go way. for it. No, but I mean, you go. Well, our answer is usually that one, they're spending significant time with you on an experience. Yes. yes. Also, I say, look, if back in the day, a bachelorette party would roll in. And they'd have 10 bachelorettes and they were very excited and they would kind of like drink all this wine and do whatever and they wouldn't buy anything. Yes. And it was like you took up all that time from that poor winemaker. So charging a fee was one way to kind of like limit the amount of party, the woohoo girls that would come in and and take up the time. I would not say in any case that it has limited the bachelorette parties. (laughs) (laughs) That has not limited the bachelorette parties. Okay. So tell me why, why do they have to pay? What's give me, give me your answer. The finger in the Exactly. So... I love this question and I love talking about it because I love demystifying all these things that are like too taboo to talk right, about. Right. So the reason why we charge for tasting fees is exactly what you said. Mm-hmm. We're offering an experience and especially for us, we're offering an experience with our most knowledgeable person mm-hmm. in our entire winery, which is the winemaker. Right. And like for us, for instance, we charge $35 mm-hmm. for a tasting. And that includes, you're getting probably about six ounces of wine, Mm -hmm. about one and a half, put one and a half ounce pours. So you are getting wine, but not only that, you are getting an hour to an hour and a half with someone who is an expert in their field, right? someone who has a wealth of information that you can either take advantage of or not. Right. And you're getting someone who is making, from our perspective for what we do, Mm -hmm. the absolute best. Right that Sonoma Valley has to offer. Mm -hmm. Super Mm -hmm. small production, super high quality wines. Mm -hmm. And yes, you're right. I think back in the day, wine tasting was a whole different ball game. You would just go in, you know, chefs from the Valley would go in after work to the wineries and they'd go wine tasting and you could just chat and have fun with Mm -hmm. your friends. and, And you could kind of just taste here and there, but the intention was always to take home a bottle of your favorite wine. Correct. So the experience of wine tasting has changed. It has. So it's changed from going in to taste wines, to find a wine you love to take home. Actually, that's still a majority of the people Mm -hmm. who go wine tasting. It would be unfair to say that that's not the way it is anymore. And those are the people that we really love to host because we're looking for people who are looking for something special. Right. They can't find it anywhere else. We're not distributed. We're in one restaurant right. sometimes and that's the mill at Glen Ellen <laughs> it's when we have wine which is and it's at Jack London three, Village three storefronts away from yeah you. I mean we just don't have enough wine right. to right. do that um the thing is, is you're getting the most special thing that you can find in right. Sonoma Valley when you go to a big winery and learn about production and see how they make their wines and you do the cellar tour and the mm-hmm. barrel tour and you get that big kind of expansive understanding of mm-hmm. wine. Mm-hmm. And then you come to the small people, the small wineries like us, where you're getting intimate time with the winemaker. Mm-hmm. You're getting more information about where your wine is from and right. how it's made, which is our huge philosophy, mm-hmm. full transparency about our vineyards, mm-hmm. how we make our wine, mm-hmm. um, the growers that we work with. Mm-hmm. 
So people always know not only where the fruit is from, but how we make it. Right. Um, and they're also just getting a chance to relax and be in a, a beautiful place. Yeah, just, you're by the creek. Yeah. So it's beautiful. It's outside. It yeah. might be haunted. It's not it ferrets. Is, it's not ferrets. <laughs> it's not ferrets. And the thing is, you're getting you're getting an experience right. and. If you don't buy wine, you still, we work so hard. Mm-hmm. We have to charge money for no, it. And that's, again, you know? I, I uh, we, we say this and people know this because, you know, you don't go to a bar and sit there and drink for free. No, you don't. So that expectation of like, <sighs> no. Um, and I, it's most people, 99.9% get it. And they yeah. know that because you're right. When I go to Sharemeister Winery, there's Rob. There's I you. Know. There's the dog. And it's just, it's a, that's it. It's just us. There's the stuffed turkey vulture. Yeah. If what? one of us is sick, we will have our friend Wes come in and help okay. us pour sometimes, who's okay. amazing. But that's like once in a blue moon. Right. Yeah. When you come in, you get to be with the owners. It's right there. It's the experience. Yeah. yeah. Which, okay, this has been fantastic. It's been an hour. It's an hour has gone by. Yeah. So that's Perfect. amazing. That's amazing. I can't believe it hasn't been two hours <laughs> at the rate I'm going. <laughs> Here's my question. If people want more information about Sharemeister Winery and they want to find out how to book a tasting or how to get to you, what's the best way to get information about your winery? The best way to find us is on our website, of course, Mm -hmm. Sharemeister.com. It's S-C-H-E-R-M-E-I-S-T-E-R.com. If you want to book a tasting with us, you can. We're projected to be open for about six months. Okay. So November 3rd is our reopening. We'll probably be open through May. And you can find us on Open Table. Oh, good. So on Open Table, you can search book. us on Open Table. Oh, great. That's, um, good. That's a good hack. People don't yeah, know. Yeah. Okay. We're taking groups of up to six people indefinitely. Okay. The one thing we request is mm-hmm. all pets have to stay outside. Got it. But we're pet friendly. If you want to sit on our patio, bring them. Just don't bring a brisket. Don't bring a brisket. <laughs> right. Thank you, Tim, for that <laughs> additional note. <laughs> no. um, we're also family friendly. Some okay. wineries don't allow kids, but we're super happy to have them nice as long deck. as they're well behaved. Yep. yep. We ask that they don't run around unattended. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't allow outside food, but you can have an awesome meal at Yeti or the mill yep. before after your tasting. Great. And um, lastly, just bring yourself and have a really good time. Good time. And you can book online, um, inside or outside. Winter is an awesome time to visit the valley because it is quieter. And the so creek is running. Creek is right the there. Creek still has water in it. Yeah, which well, is great. Runs all time. So. And uh, yeah, it's a great time to visit the valley, and you're going to get more intimate time with whoever is hosting you. We're also happy to refer you to some other wineries for your stay. Okay. Um, you know, we can kind of refer people to our favorites and yeah, we're just super excited to be open and up and running again. Love it. Yay. Well, Hey Laura, thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you. Thanks for bringing all these labels and things like that. I'd like to remind people if you want more information about Sharemeister Winery and all the fabulous wineries and things to do in Sonoma Valley, go to SonomaValley.com. Remember, tell all your friends to subscribe to this podcast. Hi, Mom and Dad. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next week. Thanks. 